Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the Conversations half. We will be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Deanne. I'm Miriam. And I'm Kevin. So Hepzibah started out by talking about visiting India and being with family, especially praying with family. Uh, And even from all of the different sects of Christianity that her family comes from, one commonality that they all shared and that we all share is how we are unworthy of, um, we are unworthy, but God has redeemed our worthiness. And that is through the resurrection of Christ. And she connects that back to all three of the passages today of from Isaiah and Paul and Peter, who are all talking about how sinful they are, how, um, how they're unworthy to be in God's presence. And she connects this to the medieval sense of spiritual unworthiness, where you had to pray or buy out your way to worthiness, which was the kind of ideas that Luther was raised around. And he was trying to figure out what was uh, spiritual perfection when he developed kind of the Lutheran theology that only Jesus was perfect. And Jesus has then renewed our worth. She then connects that to the current sense of unworthiness in uh, especially with technology and social media as we're bombarded with so many false representations of people's lives and what they're doing we end up comparing ourselves to them and to their perfect version of our of their lives uh, leading to like loneliness and anxiety and depression Um, but we need to kind of step away and disconnect and kind of remember the worthiness and the love and the beauty that we we kind of find through Christ. What I love about this sermon is that I think Hepzibah captured perfectly the this topic of of unworthiness versus worthiness, and in a way that's not like shaming or and isn't like it doesn't make me feel like by saying I'm unworthy, like I'm saying like yeah, I'm the scum of the earth, I'm awful. It, it's more. Like it was very rich in claiming she actually ends saying that this God knows your worth and that that our worthiness comes in identity as being God's children and God's creation. And so like I, I love that that was present and that I think she did a very good job of keeping it uh, clear that that like our inherent worth comes from God and then that sin can get in the way of that. And then God restores that worth through Christ, but that we do have that sense of worth and, and every person has that sense of worth, but it's just, it's not through my own doing or anything that I, my accomplishments, but through God. And we saw that in the scripture today that Peter, Paul, and Isaiah all said, you know, in some way or another, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy because of who I am or what I've done or where I come from or who I associate with. And in spite of that, God was like, well, I'm still choosing you, right? In mm. each one of those um, pieces of scripture, he still said, it doesn't, matter that, it doesn't matter that you feel like you're not worthy. I'm choosing you to, you know, hear this, um, to hear this prophecy, to do my will in this way. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all the work here and there's nothing that you can do or that you have to do to redeem yourself because through Jesus, God is doing it. 
Yeah, I know. Personally, um, the discussion of unworthiness um, could end up getting into one of my theological pet peeves is the idea that humanity is inherently worthless, um, which I don't agree with. I think because we are children of God, we have an inherent worth. It We become unworthy through sin in the world and that kind of stuff. Um, but Christ is kind of redeeming that inherent worth that we all have. Like the very word redeeming or restoring, it's like it's like bringing us back to what God originally designed, mm-hmm. right? You, yeah. And, and you, the slippery slope there is like we don't want to say, you know, we're unworthy, meaning we're worthless. We don't want to like not God's creation, you know, like he created what he meant to create and then there was sin in the world, but he's he's redeemed it. He's like brought it back around, brought us all back around. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a very timely message. I see around me very much like an age of of celebrating identities, all kinds of identities in ways that unfortunately haven't been in the past. Um, you know, whether it's cultural identity, race, sexuality, or all kinds of different things, age. And I, like I see it both in the, in the Lutheran world and in the secular world. Um, and I think... For me, acknowledging that God makes every person worthy the way they are, the way God created them, is like it's such a core part of my faith, and um, yeah, just an important message. Yeah, and I know that's part of uh, queer theology is sexuality or gender is part of the worthy creation that god made not Mm. part of the sinful nature of this world yeah yeah which is which is a message that is so important and is often super lost in contemporary christianity Mm -hmm. yeah you know on the other hand that i think messages of unworthiness and shame like they've they've come from the church before for sure um but they also come from the that's because they come from the world too and, um, you know, like one, I said some scum of the earth earlier. One place I've heard it is from friends and, and just around lately, I've heard a bunch of the idea that in terms of an environmental health, that, that the globe would be healthier without humans on it. That, we're, I don't know, humans are just kind of ruining it and the world would be better without us. Um, which <laughs> I'm not saying like I flat out disagree when people say that, but... <laughs> But because the the harm we're causing the environment is so significant. But anyway, that's just a plot. Like I've I, I've heard it said in a way that's almost like I don't know makes us feel like an an infection on the earth and not caretakers of it, mm-hmm. which I still carry hope that we can be. Um, but yeah, but another place that example that Hafsiba points out is that on social media and I don't know we have new ways of sharing our life. But what has that created? <laughs> she went into talking about how social media has really redefined the way people consider their own self-worth. Um, and like you can look at kind of this idealized snapshot of someone else's life and it can make you feel bad about your own body or your own relationships or your own career or what have you. And it's important to just remember that, you know, kind of fictional standard that you're seeing on social media is something that's just invented. It's not... It's not actually a ruler by which one should judge their own self-worth. Easier said than done. Yeah, that was well put. <laughs> yeah, I have a very relevant example. I was talking to a friend um, who's just having a really hard time. She, 
Uh, and then we were talking about a mutual friend of ours and she was like, oh, I keep seeing all of these posts and she looks so happy. Like, I wish I had a life like hers. And then I was talking to the mutual friend of ours and she was saying, oh, yeah, it's, I'm actually having a really hard time. I'm, I'm thinking I'm struggling with depression, that kind of stuff. And it's like what we choose to portray on social media can be so different than what we're actually, what our actual lives look like. And yeah, and but then it affects other people, and mm-hmm. yeah, leads them to believe something else. It's not just something about you, but about themselves. I mean, I think it, I think it's human nature to compare ourselves to others as much as we try not to. But with the the gift of being more connected to a lot of people, we just have so many more people to compare ourselves to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that in a, in a richer way, because everyone can share these highly curated Mm. photographs and, and milestones. Curated. Yeah. That's exactly the right word. Highly curated. Yeah. Yeah. That's very curated. And I know people have experimented with uncurated forms of social media and it kind of like no one's really interested in looking at it because (laughs) you know, the part of the gift of curate, like I think it comes from an, it started from an honest place of trying to share what like is feels relevant and that other people would like. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people post seeking affirmation through likes and engagement, but yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think that effect was realized. (laughs) It's just an interesting thing. I wonder, do you guys, I've, I've heard this, concern about social media raised a lot and I, I wonder is there a positive outcome to this story and what that might look like or to this technological development and the world being so connected I think there are healthy ways to use social media and I think there's also kind of the importance of being honest on social media uh, I have one person I knew in high school who talks about uh, suffering from postpartum depression a lot on social media. So just kind of connecting to other people and trying to raise awareness of like, this is a real thing, you really need to get help Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff of breaking Mm -hmm. the stigma. So it's, uh, there's so many opportunities for sharing and for honesty if we are open to, to giving up the the facade of perfection on social media right like there can be really positive opportunities things like that or someone i know like has talked about her like struggles with fertility and through that has like made this really like amazing sort of community of friends of you know of like internet friends people who she doesn't even know through talking about this on twitter and instagram what have you so yeah but it's kind of a fine line of like that's real that's a really good thing and but then also like I quit Facebook recently or now like six months ago because I just felt like I didn't need a constant stream of like people who I haven't talked to in 10 years, like their curated content updates that I was comparing myself to, you know, like that it was negative in that way, but I'm still on Instagram, which like feels more positive for me. So maybe it's kind of like trying to assess your own sort of like where you are with all of that and what's good and what's bad. I love, I love people who, are able to be more vulnerable on social media and share the fullness of life, the good and the bad. I, I, I wonder myself sometimes if I have the, the courage to do that in such a large scale and public way. Like it, 
it's it's an amazing thing like the people who are that open on the internet like you're you're sharing i think some of the way i don't know humans either socialize naturally or are taught to is to sh- share certain things with only a small group of people right and um and then share the good stuff with more people like i, I think that goes back a long time the difference is like now every person is given a platform to reach your entire network and that's like we haven't had that and I, I, yeah so i guess new responsibilities come with that like not just sharing the good, but being honest. But I don't know. It's a, it definitely, uh, for me, and I don't know, I'm sure for other people, but I'm, I'm not sure. Like it, it's, there's a lot of vulnerability to being honest about the negative stuff in your life with your 900 friends on Facebook or yeah. w- whatever on Instagram. Um, I, I, I agree that there's value to it. But it's def- I think it's definitely a shift for a lot of us in the way that we, in our level of openness in life. But maybe if you're going to be open about the good stuff, that a willingness to be, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like how do you, how do you um, be open and vulnerable, you know, if that's what you want, but also remember that, that, you know, however you're interacting on social media is not the place, like whether you're very open or not, like that's not the place where you're getting your worthiness from. Like you're not less worthy because you're not very open and you're Mm, not more worthy because you are very open. Like it was like the whole Hepzibah said she actually got off all social media because for her it just wasn't a good choice. And, and it's like, how do you, you know, maybe that's the answer. Maybe, maybe some other sort of degree of interaction on social media is the answer, but how do you remind yourself that your worthiness comes from God and not from your followers or your friends or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Even, even, even in being more open or vulnerable on social media, it could still, yeah, it could still become about getting worthiness from that. Like affirmation or affirmation instead of just from God, man. It's never easy. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've been thinking about um, this in terms of a more like professional context. And there's the uh, database program I use has forums and they have rankings for all of the users on the forums. Oh, man. (laughs) Sounds tough. Uh, Oh. So it's definitely. um, So I've been like slowly climbing the rankings, but. Well, way to go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but then I I feel like I've realized occasionally I'm focusing more on the ranking than on like I'm here to help people. I'm here to help answer people's questions or help them use the system better, or teach them something they didn't know and focusing on more on like what's my rank? Like how high did I get? <laughs> That's kind of like in one of the one of the readings today um, it's this very like widely known story, or this is very well known story of Peter and his cronies catching just like a bunch of fish, and after they catch all these fish, then they just like walk away from it because God's like, well, now you're going to be fishers of men. So is like the boatload of fish 
for instance, in your life? Is it like the positive rankings in a forum, you know, or what's the, what is the boatload of fish in your life that you, you are going to have to be able to say, okay, I can walk away from this. Cause like I'm being called to a higher purpose. Oh man. What is the boatload of fish in my life? <laughs> <laughs> uh, first time I've been asked that. Even if we, you know, even if you don't have an answer now, it's just like that. Maybe that's the question to ask yourself. I'd be interested to hear your guys' answers. One of them that I'm, I probably have multiple, but one of them that I've been thinking about recently is money. And like, what am I doing to earn money from, um, and how is that playing into what are my priorities? Since I earn wow. money from a couple different streams, yeah. I have the op- I have options of how much time do I want to dedicate to that, and the time is a direct relationship to how much money I will earn. Yeah, hmm. which is ties that. How do you want to spend your time, or yes. what's what's more important, your time or having more, mm-hmm. a little more income? Yeah, yeah. And, but it's also if I want to do other stuff with my time that won't necessarily earn income. Yeah. Because that stuff's more important. Yeah. Yeah. I thought something else that was interesting that Hepzibah brought up in the sermon was talking about like kind of the how like in medieval in the medieval church, for instance, this message of like we are unworthy was sort of perverted into like these things that we had to do or buy or sell or whatever, like, you know, relics or indulgences or doing penance or whatever, like it sort of came back around in this incorrect way to like, we're not worthy. What do we do to make ourselves worthy? And that was really like the, you know, one of the main messages that Luther was rallying against the idea of like, the whole point is there's nothing you can do. Like the whole point is that God has done it for you. And that these sort of like human earthly ways that we try to you know, bring ourselves up to a standard, these ways that are kind of meaningless on their face, you know, like, I'm not saying you shouldn't do good things, but I'm saying like, Luther was saying like, buying an indulgence isn't a way that you're earning your path to heaven. That was, it's like a really important message of the Lutheran church and something that she definitely brought home in, in the sermon, which is a good reminder. And it's something that, you know, like, as a human, we feel like, oh, we, you've got to earn your way. You've got to, you know, do your part. And like, that's true. And there's a good component to that message, but also like, you don't want to leave God in the dust on that. God created us and all of this and has already restored our worthiness. Like it's done. Cause like maybe there, maybe you're missing if you're, if you're so focused on all the time of like earning your little tally marks, like getting you closer to being like this quote, perfect person. Like you're not, you're going to run out of time to just like love other people and like to worship God and to like give thanks. You know, you're, you can kind of lose sight of that very important part of having a relationship with God. I experienced that working at a church. I bet. There's always the to-do list. It's always too long. And there's the people that show up throughout the week and which which are you going to make more time for and you know the to-do list feels important because it connects people and makes programs happen keeps the doors open and mm-hmm. um, but then if it becomes too much about that and you're rushing by the people uh, that are your community then what's it all for really you know mm-hmm. and 
and the same with resources as a church, you know, like our greatest, I think our greatest resource is each other. And it's very easy to, to forget that God's done all the heavy lifting and we're just called to be a community and love each other and respond to that gift of grace. Yeah. Yeah. Responding to the gift of grace. Yeah. That's the right way to put it. Not, not like you're doing it cause you have to, you're doing it, you know, because you want to because like yeah. that's the example that jesus set mm-hmm. but yeah but even then i think you know we we want to but then sometimes as as organizations whether you're church or a nonprofit, we start also like holding ourselves to rankings mm-hmm. like how do we compare yeah. with other nonprofits or churches or like but how many people have we helped and like trying to enumerate and tick off boxes or reach certain marks that we consider success i think yeah i think i think in a way this sermon is really about like realizing that god really god has done all the all the work mm-hmm. and this what we're doing here is a response of in community yeah i've definitely been thinking about occasionally i'll like pause and be like what am i doing and why like what is the motivation behind what i'm why i'm doing this thing that i'm doing and it's like sometimes it's not a great motivation sometimes it's like fear scarcity but sometimes it's more it's generosity or love it's yeah hmm i think that's such a great practice and yeah. smart i'm going to borrow that and start doing it more yeah i've done it i've done it before but like not anywhere near often enough i can't remember the last time <laughs> but yeah like is this actually about helping people or is it like my own perfectionism or is it about fear of other people's criticism? Mm -hmm. Like, is it actually good enough? Like, yeah. If, if if I were listening and God were speaking, would God say like, okay, move on. (laughs) The fish are good. (laughs) Now go do, now go do this. So as we end every week, what will you do differently this week? I think I'm, I'm very good at beating myself up for like small and consequential decisions. Um, and I think maybe this week I'll try and remember specifically Peter, Paul, and Isaiah, right? Like someone who denied Christ, someone who persecuted the church, someone who said like, you know, I'm not good enough to convey this message of yours and and in spite of all that, God still like clearly and specifically chose them to do his will. So maybe um, remembering that God chooses us not because of what we've done or how good we are at X, Y, and Z, but simply because like he loves us, he created us, and he like knows us and chooses us. So mm-hmm. maybe that's like a, a good reminder to have a little more like grace towards yourself and towards others, especially like remembering that they're in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Each day this week, before I get to work, I'm gonna pray. Before I start working, I'm gonna talk to God. And even, even if it's just like for a minute, and this, is, this is my own idea. I'm kind of pulling from something. Someone someone said to me a while ago, like, even a minute a day. It's like, it goes a long way of, of prayer. And I, yeah, I think I'm going to just, bef- before doing, pray and tr- and in that prayer, kind of try to remind myself of 
the inherent worth of me and every person that will come along my path that day from God and really center everything in that. Yeah, I want to keep investigating, keep asking, like, why am I doing things and try to have my reasons be from love and abundance and worthiness. Sounds like it's going to be a good week. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. You can email us at podcast at adventnyc.org or join our Facebook group, Advent Sermons and Conversations, to join the discussion. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.